Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. And the House GOP makes their first request for White House testimony after winning the majority. NTD's Iris Tau has more on their latest moves and the White House's response. After seizing the majority, House GOP on Friday revealed their first targets of investigation from the White House. Congressman Jim Jordan and other Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee sent out a letter today demanding testimonies from White House officials. The subject is what they call misuse of federal counterterrorism resources to target concerned parents at school board meetings. The latest moves comes as House GOP has made clear that they'll also make it a priority to dig into President Biden's involvement in his son Hunter Biden's business affairs. And the White House today reacted to it this way. So look, I, you know, um, there's there's some a little bit of uh, interesting, uh, you know, kind of on-brand uh, thinking here. They get the majority and their top priority is actually not focusing on the American families, but focusing on the president's family. The press secretary added that the White House is handling these threats by the GOP. But even upon being pressed, the White House press secretary would not comment on the legitimacy of those allegations of Biden's involvement in Hunter's business dealings. Instead, she went on to criticize Republicans. The merits of any of these allegations. We, I've been we very speak clear. To them, but not on I, I've been very clear. It's like, you know, Republicans said that they were going to, during, during the midterms, they were going to fight inflation, right? They said Meanwhile, Congressman Jim Comer, the House Republican spearheading the investigation into the Biden family, told CNN that while he's prepared to subpoena Hunter Biden, he's not planning to issue one to President Joe Biden. Comer explained that trying to compel testimony from a sitting president is complicated, while noting the Republicans will take a different approach instead of sending out subpoenas like junk mail. Reporting from the White House, Iris Tau, NTD News. Reactions are still pouring in after former President Trump announced his third run for president. Next, to discuss Trump's announcement as well as what's next in Congress, we sat down with Congressman Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Glad to be with you, Steve. Congressman, President Trump's uh, announcement that he will seek uh, office for uh, a third time, uh, uh, trying. What stuck out in his speech? Uh, anything in particular to you? Yes, Steve, one thing that stuck out, a lot of things, but the first thing, his agenda is just what Americans want to hear. The country's in trouble, you know, from inflation to rampant crime to shortages uh, to our, uh, our allies abandoning us because we've abandoned them. All the things that made him a successful president, despite all the things he overcame, he mentioned. And, you know, none more important than closing the border. You know, he was well on his way to doing that. I uh, heard this morning it's going to be 18,000 a day coming into this country. Uh, we've, we've got that we know of 5 billion, but all of that adds up to an agenda that I think people want to hear, regardless of the candidate. We know what Trump did, and, and none greater than what he did on the Supreme Court. He did everything he promised to do. Uh, and that was a, the Supreme Court alone was such a uh, monumental plus for the country. But no, he, uh, it wasn't, his announcement wasn't a surprise. People knew it. And uh, so I think it'll, it's going to be interesting to see who all gets in and when. One thing he proposed that caught a lot of people by surprise uh, is something that would impact you directly, which is uh, term limits for members of Congress. Uh, what was your reaction to that? That's one of the greatest bills 
that we ought to vote on. Of course, my bill is that I'm, I've got over 100 uh, co-signers on, three terms for House members, two terms for the Senate to go uh, forward. In other words, if somebody has been there for 15 years, it goes forward. Let American people vote on it. I hear the things that people want, term limits, uh, being in office too long. Go home and live under some of these laws that you've made. And American people are ready for it. And um, I'm, I'm happy he's supporting that. Now, a lot of folks uh, believe that Leader McCarthy will be the presumed uh, Speaker of the House. Um, do you agree with that assessment? Here's what happened uh, on the caucus did support overwhelmingly McCarthy. Now, there were 36, 35, 36 no votes. Andy Biggs uh, is who I supported. And um, we've got the, the real test, Steve, comes on January 3rd when we're back in the chambers. We will vote one by one for who we'll support. Whoever is our next speaker has got to get 218 votes, which means five people uh, can pretty much hold the process up until we get the speaker. And, and in my mind, whoever the speaker is, he's got to agree to this economic security. Our, our, our spending cannot continue. And whoever will agree to that, now I did ask um, uh, McCarthy if he would support the seven-year plan, and he was not willing to. So we'll see how that goes. I know Andy Biggs will, but there are a whole lot of, a host of other people that could be in play on January 3rd. We got 37 days to negotiate to see what uh, people, what the next speaker is not going to promise, but what, do you, what, do you, what are you going to do? That's the key to me. Uh, your colleagues, uh, Jim Jordan and James Comer, just announcing in a press conference that there will be a slew of investigations. Is there anything uh, in particular that you would like to see uh, being dug out here? That's the great thing about taking control. We will have honest investigations. We can subpoena every agency of, uh, that makes up our conference and makes up the House will be able to investigate and subpoena people and make them come. We haven't had that since Pelosi's been, been Speaker. Uh, no more than, uh, th there's no more need than to, to get the Biden administration, Hunter Biden, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and what the ties they have to China. China's our biggest threat. And if we don't find that out, which we will, uh, and not only hold them accountable, but we've got to have teeth to what we find out and let them get subpoenaed and let them not tell the truth and see what happens. It sounds like China will be at the center of a lot of these investigations, whether it be the uh, investigation into the origins of COVID-19, uh, the Biden family's relationship with the Chinese uh, Communist Party. Um, how do you get both uh, Republicans and Democrats on board with uh, something that could be politicized? Well, I think everybody knows, uh, particularly on the Republican side, that China is our threat. To be dependent on a, on a country that treats the Uyghurs, uh, you know, and treats the members of their part, uh, members of the country, they're slaves to them. Uh, now, we are dependent on China for a lot of labor, but that's, I think Americans now are willing to, we've got to get independent of China. We've got to manufacture things that we're dependent on China for. That can't continue. And if the Biden administration is, if we find out that they're compromised, which uh, on the hearing, to, on the uh, report today that Jamie had, uh, there's a lot of things that Hunter Biden particularly had ownership interest, uh, equity interest. 
uh, in companies, oil companies that drill that China control. So it'll be a great uh, time to find out, and I think it'll shock the American people what, what happens. But we can't just find it out. We've got to prosecute it. We've got to, uh, to make sure the consequences for them. Congressman Ralph Norman, thank you so much. My pleasure. Now, speaking of the financial markets, a big thing that has happened recently is the collapse of cryptocurrency platform FTX. What exactly happened to FTX and what are some of the implications? Joining us next is Fergus Hodson, a financial analyst who is the director of Econ Americas. Fergus Hodson, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Thank you, sir. Fergus, what do you believe occurred with uh, FTX and can you briefly describe the causes of the collapse? Oh, mate, that's, a, that's such a broad question, and this is not a new occurrence in humanity. There's a herd behavior problem, there's a fraud problem, both together. So it actually, it is a Ponzi scheme. So basically, people were sold a value proposition that an organization would provide not only custody and transactions in cryptocurrencies, but all sorts of derivative options they would go beyond and expand. And that's why they were outside the United States to avoid a lot of the regulations that would limit them from doing that. So the problem is that those who were leading this project did not have the patience to let the business actually grow and just started lending and spending the money that they were supposed to be holding in custody. And so it was a Ponzi scheme where they were basically claiming great returns when the money simply was not there. And it became visible only in the last couple of weeks. Now, it's being reported that corporate funds were used for personal expenses, such as buying homes uh, for Bankman Freed. Uh, was he taking advantage of loopholes, or do you suspect um, criminal wrongdoing? Uh, both. There definitely is criminal wrongdoing. And you've, you've hit, you, as, the, as the evidence starts to accumulate, we can see more and more, uh, for the case of this man, we'll see uh, penalties. So, it, because he was basically fraudulent, so misleading people not only funding loopholes, but deliberately misleading people about their returns, about how, what assets were on hold, what were being held, and therefore, like I said, there are claims, there are there's compelling evidence of fraud at this point. Now, whether that will play into the political world, I'm not sure. Whether whether his engagement with the political world was strictly illegal, I cannot comment. I mean, I, I'm just not sure about that. Obviously, he was heavily involved in influence peddling, not as well, not just in his business, and. The, it's murky as to whether that will be, you know, on the wrong side of the law. So what's next for the crypto uh, sector and do you anticipate similar issues or do you believe this lesson will improve the industry? Oh, I wish I could say that everyone had learned, has learned their lesson, but the fact is that that has not happened. And we've, we've seen these exchanges go down before. The, the, the truth is that anyone who is widely, let's say, educated in the crypto domain knows that holding your assets in the custody of someone else is a risk. And therefore, you should have it under cold storage or whatever other, other storage technique you want, but you have possession of it. Whenever you give it over to a custodian, you're, you're vulnerable to, it's almost like fractional reserve banking where that, that the, 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 uh, the custodian the exchange will only hold enough to handle the transactions. So much like a bank, when there's a run, the exchange simply does not have the liquidity to handle that. And so that's what happened in this case. I'm a little bit surprised that people have not learned from this, 
And the big surprise is that many intelligent people who are financial experts were fooled by this man. And I, I don't find him terribly charismatic, so I don't know why that is. But a lot of people who you would think otherwise are very intelligent and prudent, they went in on this. And it, I mean, I, I, that's not, let's not even get to the celebrities. I, I, I'm for, more, I, I can forgive them for not knowing what they're doing, but the financial experts or people with big cash, they really uh, have egg on their faces. It indeed seems that way. Uh, Fergus, the Federal Reserve launched a digital dollar uh, initiative days after the FTX collapse. What do you make of that? It's an attempt by central banks to remain relevant. They see the rising competitive force. And let's, let's try to distinguish here between the exchanges and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Exchanges are basically processes and holders of the cryptocurrencies and they're, they're, they're separate from the cryptocurrencies themselves. So central banks realize that they are possessing a inflationary units that lose value over time. Also, they're facing rising competition and they're feeling that competitive pressure and they feel like they have to innovate to compete with these rising alternatives. And this is their attempt. The problem is that I, there, comes, there are all sorts of strings with a central bank digital currency. People know about surveillance, about negative interest rates, there, it's, it's a, it could be a tool for much greater social engineering. That's why I'm, I'm particularly concerned about it. What do you suspect, if anything, that regulators might do to prevent future collapses like that of FTX? I don't think they can prevent them, to be frank. It, it, I'm, I really don't want people to make some kind of knee-jerk reaction that this requires more regulation. We've seen these collapses for many, many years. There's been heavy regulation in the financial sector in the United States for a long time now. And in fact, many of the activities done by this organization, FTX, were to avoid regulations, to get away from them. So in fact, we almost incentivize them to not be as transparent, to not be in the United States, where there could be greater scrutiny and accountability and competition. Really, you want more, fewer barriers to entry so more institutions or organizations can get into this market and make it, uh, let's say, of, of higher integrity. Fergus Hodgson, thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.